Good afternoon, good night, good day, wherever you are. This is Unleashed Unapologetically. Well, of course, we know we are here to Unleashed Unapologetically, and we are doing it with our guest this evening, Margot Garcia. Margot is the founder of Great Leader Coaching and Gap Associates. See, she is also HR Consulting, and she is... Hmm, someone with many, many experiences, many years of experience, I should say, over 25 years as an HR practitioner, coach, and trainer. And she does that in helping individuals who are looking to demonstrate their leadership, knowing how to redefine the way they work around their employee and how they value their proposition and bring them to powerful leadership skills of course we know how we want that in whatever we do leadership is important and of course me as your coach you always hear me talk about building leadership right we talked about building confidence because i am your confidence coach and i am your leadership executive coach and with margo on my side why not talk about leadership this evening so she is the expert that we are bringing to you this evening because what she does she helps leaders she helps those who are really in high achieving performance performers you know work into their communication skill work into their management skills work into having that organization skills in their business and their corporate in order to succeed and of course have greater success i should say in everything that they touch but mainly in building a team that is really strong so margo has worked in the management or managerial i rather say you know we go fancy a little bit and <laughs> she helps you understand how your presence is valued and how you can do that maintaining you know accountability for the things that you say you would do but also help others maintain their accountability because as leaders we always have to be intentional and have accountability just so when we show up we show up with that intention that's going to help others others grow as well in what they do and what they say. So Margo, welcome to our platform. We are going to unleash with you because we want to hear everything about what got you to start your journey. So welcome, Margo. How are you today? Terrific. Thank you so much for having me, for sharing your audience with me. My pleasure, my pleasure. I'm loving this. And of course, we are talking about leadership. Leadership is something I love, I value very highly, especially when we are helping others who are also in that space of leadership, whether executive or corporates, to get unstuck, to have the mindset of knowing how to really help their company be successful without dragging their team or pushing their teams away, right? So yeah. tell us what got you to go into that into that or pivot into coaching yeah. those um, executives or leaders. So I founded Great Leader Coaching to help good managers become great leaders, to help them show up as the leader they want to be, to help them show up as the leader their organization needs them to be. I believe that every employee deserves to work for a great boss. And I've spent my entire corporate and now my coaching career helping people rise up 
and step into that role as the great leader they want to be, that they know they can be. It's, um, it's been such a privilege to work with executives, directors, leaders um, at all levels within organizations. And again, it has to do with having, creating an experience for the employee where they are valued, they are respected, they are challenged, and they are given growth and stretch opportunities so that they can step into the best possible version of themselves. But it all starts with the manager. It all starts with the leader in the organization. And that's who I've worked with for the last 25 plus years. So what got you, when you when you started, you started as an HR practitioner, right? You were working in HR, you were helping others, you were supporting. And we know in HR, there are many roles that, you know, someone who's working in HR, you have to wear many hats, I assume, because of course, not only you need to understand the aspect of the employer where they are, but you also need to understand the aspect of the employee where they are, or the, where employees, I should say. So yeah. now these people are coming into you and here you are in the middle because of course you need to understand where you stand with both ends in both ends and something had to push you to say you know what this is where you belong and this is how you need to get them to be greater than how they are right now so I worked in human resources my entire corporate career and the last couple of gigs I had was as the head of HR for a couple of different organizations, which gave me a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. It gave me the opportunity to work with and not only speak one-on-one -on -one with the other executives in the organization, but to help them as we met as an executive team. So. Oftentimes, I was the voice of the employee at the table. So we'd be talking about this direction or that program or this new product or whatever. And I would make sure that we hadn't left the employee out of the conversation. Or if we were talking and we often had really challenging conversations about, you know, revenues falling or something, you know, not going the way we had planned it and our numbers weren't where they were supposed to be. And one of the options was, you know, well, we should do a reduction in force. Okay, that's an option. Is it our only option? Because when we impact the lives of employees and have to make the tough decision to let somebody go the impact isn't just to those that those handful of employees there's a huge impact to the remaining employees they're going to be watching very closely as to how we treat those people because it's going to speak volumes to how they think they might be treated if we ever get in this situation again so we want to make sure that we're not only taking care of the people who helped us, you know, 
help us be successful. Um, and that now, unfortunately, situation has changed. We have to reduce our headcount, but we want to really make sure that we're taking care of the people who are still here and that they're going to understand why we made this decision and what our commitment is going forward so that they are still willing to give, you know, bring their whole selves and their best work to work every day. So again, those were the conversations that I would make sure we had at the table and that it wasn't just about the numbers. It wasn't just about, um, you know, the, um, the bottom line that we had to keep the employee in mind, that we had to be thinking about the employee experience that we were creating and that we had to be thinking about how we were continuing to challenge and grow the people who were with us. Because if we don't, if we can't provide that for them, they'll find it someplace else. And if we want to be the employer of choice, that means that we have to be thinking about the employee experience in everything that we do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for really expanding into that for us, for those who are listening. Um, as, uh, there are many things that you said that are key points of how employees usually see themselves in, the, in their roles, right? They go to mm -hmm. work, they go all happy, happy campers at the beginning, and then something happens on the other end, and usually the end of the employer, that may turn them to say, okay, you know what? I think I need to start looking elsewhere yeah. because they were no longer satisfied and it was no longer the, that drive that they had. And I'm hearing you saying, okay, you know what? My role at that time was to be that voice. Those people who cannot be at the table, right. I get to be that, that per, I get to be them. I get to represent them and speak in their voices, you know, yeah. just so those who are on top can hear where they are coming from. And I'm loving that you are talking about that here in this platform, because in that leadership aspect, um, there's so many things, especially, well, the year 2020 have really shifted everybody's mind, really pushed yeah. us to think differently and see things differently. And I'm hoping that most leaders that are, who are coming in now, you know, they get to see things and really work with their team to help their team stay instead of pushing them away, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's what you are doing by working with those leaders to help them understand that, look, all those years that have passed, they already gone, they are past, but these were the experience that we learned. Now I'm here to teach you or help you actually to understand that if you want a great team, if you want to have the support that you need, then you're going to have to do better than what you're doing. You're going to have to think outside of the, outside of the box, <laughs> right? Yeah. So when you... And, and I think, yeah, I think the other thing that we really have are still learning is that one solution doesn't fit all. One training doesn't, you know, cover every aspect. Um, I spent a lot of my years in training and leadership development. And we used to put on workshops and that sort of thing to help build the skills of our leaders. But more than anything else, these last 18 months or so has taught us that we really need to be looking at the needs of the individual. You have yes. to, um, you can't just 
um, say, well, my employees, and that it's a consistent group with the same needs, the same same wants, the same desires, the same fears, you know, all across the board, because that's not true. Each individual has their own backstory, their own experience, the, their own um desires that they bring with them to the job. And if we don't know them well enough to know their differences, then we can't help them um, be in a role that really challenges them and really gets their juices flowing. Mm -hmm. So it's more important, I think, more so today than even yesterday, because yesterday we were all going into the same office, right? From this hour to this hour. Whereas today, um, people are working kind of whatever hours suits them because they're working oftentimes from home or maybe in a hybrid situation where they're going in for just a Mm -hmm. few hours, but mostly working from home and juggling all the other things that they never had to juggle before. If, if, you know, it's a, if you're working at home and your spouse is working at home and your kids were getting schooled at home, I mean, there's, that's a whole different environment than you used to be in when you went to the office every day, right? Mm-hmm. So there's just so many more unique challenges that each individual is having to grapple with that if as a manager, as a leader in the organization, if I'm not willing to dig in and, and get to know you and understand what it is you need and how I can help to sort of remove the things that are the obstacles right. in your way so that you can continue to do your best work, then shame on me. I'm not doing my job as a leader. I love that. I love that. And as you were talking, you know, the, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, it's just like, I'm thinking and I'm saying, it's just like when you modify something for a child, you want all child, you know, to learn at their pace, right? You cannot just go ahead and say, okay, I'm going to teach all, yes, we teach children in the classroom for teachers. I am an educator, so you can see where I'm coming from. And you, But yet you still have to modify because not all kids are going to understand the lesson the same way. Yes. And they're not going or to the be on the page. same page. Mm-hmm. All right. You see? Yeah. So it's the same for employees as well. And a lot of times what happened is, like you said, the, the people on top, the employers, they always think that, all of the people, once they call them team, they all going to have that same policy, the same procedures, yes, and they all gonna do the same thing and then that's it, they're done. But what about empathy? What about showing them that you are really there for them? If somebody is going through a crisis, how do you present yourself as the executive, as the leader to really get them and say, you know what, I hear you. I understand, well, I may not have really experienced what you're going through, but I can assure you that I hear you and know how to speak with your, you know, your team, your employees, Mm -hmm. because that's what's going to say, wow, my my supervisor, she's the greatest, or he's the greatest, because he hears me. When I speak, it's not just me talking, but they actually answer me back and actually sat me down and give me advice and mental health support and all that. Especially in this time that we are living in, people are asking a lot of that mental health support. So how are we showing up as leaders? 
that kindness and that caring are paramount these days. Absolutely paramount. The thing that um, I, I guess I most enjoyed about my role as the head of human resources was the ability to sit with the executive team and grapple with questions such as, what kind of a company do we want to be? Do we want to be the kind of a company that is kind and caring to our employees or do we not care? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the answer to that question has a lot to do with whether I'll be here or not, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and then, you know, and then given that, once we articulate, once we define that and we talk about the things that we value um, in our company, the things that um, we want our culture to reflect mm-hmm. about those values, then we can talk about, okay, um, so how does that actually show up in our culture? When we say we are um, you know, supportive of the individual, well, what does that really mean? Let's give a, an example of, well, when this situation happened, here's how we handled it. You know, and, and so we really fleshed it out. We really um, thought deeply about what it just meant. So it, they weren't words on a, on a wall somewhere that said, this is our values, this is our, whatever. No, they were really how we, lived and breathed the company Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and that was really exciting for me because i i I worked at startups as well as you know larger established organizations and when you go in and you're building a company from pretty much ground up that's the really exciting part because you get to not only ask those questions you get to put the things in place that will have that will be the legacy then of the founders of the organization, because this is the kind of company you're creating and that you want to have um, live on, you know, beyond just mm-hmm. your tenure with that organization. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. really wonderful, wonderful experiences in, in human resources. And I have used them in my coaching and my work with clients now one-on-one. I love that. And thank you. Now that we are diverting into that place where you coach, (laughs) you coaching your clients and those clients are clients that, you know, they need to come up and step up and, you know, not looking at things in the old way or old fashioned way of doing things, but really putting their, 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 their being into it. Because that's one thing I always say, you know, there's that certain things you used to do and then when you are present it's the things that now you are trying to implement you know and embrace into the work of that you do and when you are working in a place of leadership and you know for executive whether you are executive or you are the owner of the company you call yourself whatever title you call yourself you still need to see yourself treat yourself a certain way that when you happen to have your team, because you may have started by yourself, right? Because mm-hmm. I have. But at some point, you're gonna have, you know, people working with you. So if you don't start with yourself to teach yourself what kind of behavior you would like in the workplace for you, mm-hmm. what kind of conversation or how you want to communicate to yourself just so when you communicate with your team your team can really understand you the same way because if you cannot understand yourself clearly your team is not going to understand you right you're making (laughs) some really important points here because i do believe that a leader must be self-aware 
I mean, that's one of the critical foundational um, beginnings for anybody moving into a leadership role is understanding who you are, what you value, what you care about, and who you want to be. I'm an ontological coach, and that's not so much about what you do, it's about who you are, who you are being, how you show up. And you need to um, actually spend some time doing the work of, of addressing those questions and answering them for yourself. Because if you don't know the answers to those questions for you, then how can you ask that of anybody else, right? Yes, so, yes. so being self-aware, I think, is a, is a huge part of it. The other is the doing then, because it's, it's about the being, but it's also about the doing and how we are modeling the things that we say are important to us. How are we modeling those behaviors for the rest of the organization? So everything we say, everything we do is being watched very closely if you're mm -hmm. in a leadership role. Mm -hmm. And so people will, you know, they'll take what you say with a grain of salt, but they watch what you do and how you really behave, particularly in a tough situation to see yes. if you're consistent to see if you are in fact embracing and modeling the things that you said were important to you, the things that you said you were going mm, to do. Mm, mm, are you, mm. do you have integrity? Do you keep, do you keep, do you hold your word, you know, um, as something honorable? And is that what, and, and then do you hold yourself as accountable as you are holding your, your direct reports? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. because it's not just about, you know, you and the maybe, you know, five, seven people that report directly to you as the leader of the organization, it's the 500, the 1000, the 1500, the 2000 people who in your organization that are also watching. Yes. Oh. Ladies and gents, <laughs> I'm hoping that you are taking notes because, yeah, we are, Margot is bringing us some great info here, okay? Especially for those of you, because in here, we know that most everybody has turned into becoming entrepreneurs somehow, right? Because we, many of you have decided that there was something that you were good at that you were going to practice and make happen. And some of you were already working your million dollar companies and business already. And now you want to open others, but yet there's a place where you want to find yourself and holding yourself accountable because if it did not work in the first trial, then now you want to be sure in the second trial that it's going to work. And that's when Margo comes in and she teaches you and guides you into understanding where you need to be as a leader. Because yes, we are all leaders, but how are we leading? Are we leading to help encourage, bringing encouragement to your team? Are we leading to help our team understand how important integrity and values are to you or to us in order for them to, to follow through? Are we leading just so when we decide that we no longer want to lead, that the successor, the person who's coming uh -huh. after you can say, I had a great leader. My predecessor was great and I wanna be as great, even better. 
and really take the lead after you go. So where are you with your mindset, ladies and gents? So that's where Margot comes in. So Margot, we're talking about those aspects, those even, you know, in, in addition into what you are teaching people in leadership. And we're talking about, you know, predecessors, successors, and you, you know, know people that- into the whole aspect of leaders. Bring us even deeper into it. So I love what you said about our successors, because one of the things I used to teach and one of the things I talk to my clients about today is how are you developing the person who's going to fill your position? Because Mm. that should be um, one of your primary responsibilities is replacing yourself, because until you replace yourself, you can't move into another higher position. And almost everybody, I will say almost everybody that I talk to who is in a corporate leadership role is aspiring to some higher level. You know, if they're a director, they want to be a VP. If they're a VP, they want to be a C-suite, you know, person. If they're a front line, first line leader, although I don't work with that many supervisors, but you know, they want to move into management. Most of my clients are, are managers who manage other managers. And so uh, one of the things I impress upon them is how critically important it is to prepare the person or persons who are going to be ready to move into their role so that they can move on. Mm-hmm. And in fact, um, in the organizations that I worked for, we even built that into their performance review so that how they got evaluated was based on how well they did that. How well are you? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Technology. Uh, I know there. Okay. Are we, there we are. Okay. Oh, look a little bit different view, but okay. (laughs) Um, So how, um, how many of their people have been promoted in this last year? Mm-hmm. Um, how many people are ready to be promoted? And that their performance, their evaluation, and how much money they got as an increase was based on their ability to do just that. That's how important it is, or was in the organizations I was working for, to have them focus on that as, as a major part of their responsibility as a manager. Mm-hmm. So I, I I do believe that um, when you have that mindset of my job is to develop my people so that they can take on greater roles, then that's a very different way of looking at the people who report to you rather than just did they get that report in on time? Did they, you know, did they do X, Y and Z in a timely manner? Mm-hmm. All of those things are absolutely important but it's not the only thing for you to focus on. True, true, true. I love that. I used to take notes, you know, like observe my team, my staff Mm -hmm. when they come into my office, because 
I do know that, well, I had to learn that from my mentor and then, you know, I took an upon because leadership is highly, I love that. And I know that, you know, when you have your team that you want to work and you want to build the team, you want the team to be better than you. So therefore everything you do, you're going to push them to be better. You're going to look into resources for them so they can take, you know, and read into and learn from and, you know, take and run with even, you know, because you want them to get that going. And it's not only with the people I work, but even people around me that I love, that I care for, I always want them to be better and get the best of them. Now, if you choose not to, it's on you. But at the yes. end, a leader, that's what the leader wants always, is to, you know, always have their team and well, you know, brought up and, I think one of the good things that they need to, we all need to put in our system or practice is always take little notes of that person who comes to your office. You know, is that person looking happy? Is that person looking sad? What's going on? Ask yourself questions and ask them questions. You know, make them feel comfortable. Don't make them feel like they have to run away from coming to your, not even want to knock at your door, you know, because we've gone there. So I am loving this conversation because I know that it has been that kind of last lifestyle in the workplace. And that's why a lot of people, you know, when you hear them say, oh, I left my nine to five, hallelujah. You like, why would somebody celebrate? But when you go deeper, you realize, oh, that's why. Maybe yeah, the employer was, will not the greatest. Go ahead. Yeah. If they weren't being energized by their work, if the work and the environment was sucking them dry, we almost are giving them no other alternative but mm -hmm. to leave. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that um, I love what you said about how um, you know you want to to continue to develop the skills of your people so that they can be as best you know the best that they can be. I also think that that impacts how you hire. You know, if if you take off the table that um, that I could lose my job if I if I, you know, don't um, succeed at my job somehow. Uh, and so I never want to bring in anybody who's better than me, who looks better than me, because then they might get my job. Totally wrong way to look at it. <laughs> totally wrong mindset. How about if we tell them, hire somebody who's as good or better than you because the sooner you can promote them and give them broader responsibilities then that frees you up to do greater things yeah. and you are being evaluated on the quality of the people you bring into the organization so yeah go out and look for the best possible new hire the best possible replacement for somebody that left the best possible skill set and experience that you can find because that just adds to the bench strength of our organization and makes us stronger across the board. Don't be afraid that you're going to hire somebody who looks better than you and that we're going to, you know, defer to that person. Um, again, just that's a, um, a I don't want to say a loser's mindset, but it's certainly somebody who doesn't think from, come it's from not abundance, a, it's right? Not a, right, it's not a, a growth, it doesn't have a there growth you mind. <laughs> you yeah, see me with my grin and I'm like yeah. <laughs> laughing all the way, right? Because this is so, it's so true. And we want that, you know, we want people to have that mentality of 
hey, it's not about, anyway, when you come to that place, it's not about you. It's about the people you are growing, you are helping to grow. You yes. know, that people that you call, okay, my second family outside of my real family, kind of. Right. Who so, you actually spend more time with in many yes. cases than your real family. <laughs> True that. True that. Yeah. So how are you helping them build themselves if you're calling them family, but yet again, you're not teaching them the right thing. So it's really empowering to that we had this conversation and, you know, it's so deep into even what mentorship is about as well, because we have to separate our mind, like you said, from the fixed way of doing things and have done things in the past in order to make it a way that's going to help people to feel like as they are growing, you too, you are continuing to grow. And that's what's going to help them to always step further forward into what they really aspire to do, you know, yes. in terms of whether they want to have a promotion or whether they want to stay at the place, but continue to be innovative and, you mm -hmm. know, ready in action to take, you know, any lead that you're giving them. And that's where, that's where really the leadership comes in, because we also need to know the people we're working with. We may know that person is really good at what they do, but they may not, they, they may not want to take a higher lead yeah, in the position which is fine because exactly. organizations need both leaders mm -hmm. and the you know the people who are hands-on with the product or mm -hmm. hands-on with the client or, or whatever so absolutely mm -hmm. um one of the things that you said um, brought to mind one of my favorite um books and authors who is marshall goldsmith mm -hmm. he writes a lot on leadership and he's the one who coined the phrase what got you here won't get you there so everything that you've done in the past to help you be successful is great to the level you're currently at mm -hmm. if you want to take on more responsibility if you want to have a higher level of influence in the organization you have to change Yes, you have yes. to grow. You have to um, have additional experiences, additional challenges, uh, and and really um, grow into the new level of responsibility and accountability that you're seeking. Because it's not just about, okay, well, I want a promotion because I want more money. Okay, great. Here's who you're going to have to be mm. to be seen at, at that level. And so very often clients will come to me saying as you said you know i'm looking for a promotion okay great um i one of the first questions that i ask is like um you know why why are you looking for a promotion and sometimes it's just money sometimes it's prestige sometimes you know it's the the bennies that go along with the, right. the additional title whatever it's it's like i it's fine, whatever your reason is, but I want you to be clear on what, why it is you're going for this because mm -hmm. you are going to have to change mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to say, um, not only do I want it, but I'm ready to step outside of my comfort zone and do whatever I need to do to be that person so that I'm showing up as a person who's already at that level that promotion is a no brainer to you know your management but you've got to change it's not just about well how do i get other people to see how great i am today 
well, you're great today, which is why you're in your current position. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you have to be greater tomorrow to mm -hmm. be seen as a person who's ready and able to take on that higher role. Yes, yes. That's a celebration. <laughs> <laughs> well, Margo, we are getting closer to wrapping up. What are three tips that you would like to leave our leaders, our executives, our directors, mm -hmm. or entrepreneurs even who are walking? I was telling someone um, earlier, solopreneur, and she was laughing at that. But that's what it is, you know. They, because as I said earlier, sometimes you need to see yourself as the big picture because if you want to, if you want to have a team that's going to stay with you for the long run you need to exercise it on you. So these people, they need to know where they need to be with their leadership. What are three tips that you would leave us with so they can put that in their notebook to, and say, okay, starting tomorrow, that's the mindset I wanna have. Number one, managing by walking around. There's nothing worse than an executive, a leader, a manager who stays in their his or her office all day long. Mm -hmm. You've got to get out and talk to the people who work for you in their environment. Because if they get up enough nerve to go and knock on your door, um, there's always already a huge barrier between them and you. And it's your, typically your desk, right? Because they've gone to your office. This is your place. Their ability to feel like they can speak freely is... Um, already compromised mm -hmm. but if you go to them if you show up at their desk if you show up at their workbench if you show up where they do business then it's going to be much more it much easier for them to just speak casually but frankly and candidly to you about what's going on for them what's working what's not working um you know where are some of the the issues that they see that need to be addressed that's number one Number two is don't be afraid to show your own vulnerability. In other words, if you're struggling with something, if you're working on something, if you're trying to develop yourself in a certain way, share that with people because there's nothing more authentic. There's nothing more real than saying, look, um, I'm, you know, my boss has told me I need to get better in this and in, in this, but you know, um, it's hard to, you know, to do that. But if I see the leader of the organization or, you know, my boss's leader, whatever, mm -hmm. saying that, hey, this is what I'm working on. This is what I need help on. This is what I'm trying to, you know, to develop so that I can be a better leader to support you guys. Then it's like, hey, it's cool to be working on yourself and, and trying to get better. So share the the things that um, you're working on to normalize it and make it more available to everybody in the organization. Because, you know, the work we do on ourselves is not a one-time thing. It is an ongoing, yes. it is a journey. It is something that we need to continue to focus on throughout our career. Mm -hmm. um, and the third thing is you know, j just have fun. Um, work is 
called work because it's work, right? But the more work is work. Joy, I love that. Work is work. The more <laughs> joy, the more fun, the more um, lightness that we can bring into the space. I think the easier it is for everybody to just breathe and and feel good about being in that space. Mm -hmm. So yes you're most often asking your employees to work really really hard for you make sure that you create space for them to play really really mm -hmm. hard as well because mm -hmm. it's in the play it's in those off hours it's in the you know coffee room it's in on at lunch or on the company picnic or where whatever where people really get to know each other and build bonds that then will carry over back into the workplace so work hard but absolutely play harder yes oh my goodness wow ladies and gents i'm hoping that you took notes because i know i love those three tips that were shared and i am not just saying it to say it's because i have experienced it as well as a leader and working that way and you are right when you bring in your environment you know something to encourage people to keep going it could be a spa day or it could be you bring your chiropractor to your <laughs> office you know just so mm -hmm. everybody can get a free massage do something uh that will help elevate your team so the team can always say remember when you did this oh you should bring it again because it was really good and it's a good experience when you get to hear that or when you do a luncheon and you do the you have the chef or the cook prepare something for everyone these are the things that really empowers or the things that empower people in your um, environment, in your work environment, to say, you know what, that's the reason why I like my job. That's the reason why I like the company I work for and I want to continue to stay there. It's what yeah. you do as a leader is how you elevate them because it's always about the elevation. And that's where you see how high your values are because your values lie, they lie into how you are elevating your team and what inspiration are you bringing on a daily basis and how you support them. And sometimes, you know, how hard you get on them too, because it's, you know, sometimes we have to do that. We have to shake a little bit just so everybody can get back to their norms. And then after that, you go back into the play hard and have fun when it's time to have fun and then go back to work again. So exactly. Margo, my goodness, we had such a wonderful time this evening. I don't want to let go. <laughs> <laughs> But well, it is I the time. Well. Thank you so much. <laughs> Ladies and gents, we had such a wonderful time with Margot this evening. And of course, you all know that um, the whole um, time I bring experts to come in to talk to you, it's because there are areas in our pillars that we're working on that we need to hold on to when it comes to leadership, when it comes to um, building our confidence, when it comes to knowing where we stand in our emotional, in our spiritual, in our relationship, in all these aspects of wealth and health, where we stand. This is important because you need to stand strong and then go forward and help others as well, because that's what makes the team grow. It's when you tell yourself that you're not doing it by yourself, you're doing it with others and you bring others with you, let them and push them forward and actually pull them with you. So on that, 
that was unleashed unapologetically until then good afternoon good night good day wherever you are thank you everyone thank you so much margo thank you